The IBM Cloud Podcast, coming to you every show with information about new capabilities and releases. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the IBM Cloud Podcast. We're house from the offerings team here at IBM Cloud. My name is Ian Lynch. And this is Steve Shokat. And today we have as our guest, Richard Hogg. Now, Richard is IBM's global GDPR evangelist. And I've actually seen his name in a lot of trade press. You know, kind of as you, as we approach the May 25th deadline for GDPR implementation. So, Richard, welcome. Thank you. Hello. So, you know, you've kind of lived GDPR at least for a few years. And I did the math this morning. I figured there's 11 days left until uh, we have to implement GDPR. And it governs all of the data for companies that work with or around EU citizens. So um, let's start with something simple. Let's start with, you know, what is GDPR and why should companies care? Uh, GDPR in many ways isn't new. We've had the EU uh, uh, Privacy and Security Directive across Europe for almost two decades. GDPR has our focus because it's now raising the bar and standardizing the uh, data privacy and security regulations across Europe to standardize across all the 28 member states of Europe. Uh, and putting in place strong teeth or financial penalties. You've probably heard of the uh, 20 million euros or 4% of your global annual revenue per incident potential fine on penalty, which isn't the worst thing the regulators can actually do. So it's standardizing and making sure that uh, companies are on top of what personal data they have and are using legal processes uh, for their processing activities on that data and giving uh, the people in Europe ever more insight, transparency, and control into what is the data that each company has on me, what are they doing with it, and where I have rights to do so, being able to review, change, or even revoke uh, that right. So being able to submit my right to inquire or right to raise requests if I don't want them to have my data anymore. So, Richard, I've read so many things in, around social media, and of course, right, I'm living in Ireland and Europe, and it's it's going to hit me, okay? But I've read so many things around, and so many things focused around social media, and one particular report stuck out to me, right? It was based in, in Ernest and Young's survey, which was it, it's an e, based on EU executives, and it read that around forty percent didn't really know the rules of GDPR fairly well. So we're coming up to a deadline, which is fairly close, or probably by the time we push this out, it's going to have actually been passed. But what does it really mean to me as a company? What if I miss these deadlines? Is, is everything going to close down for me? Should I just shut up my shop? Or what happens? So good question. There's a lot of uh, misconceptions or errors around what is GDPR and what's the impact, whether I'm in Europe or I'm a business outside of Europe. Um, so uh, one thing the GDPR regulation doesn't state is anything around citizenship. So simplistically, it applies to all your personal data for anyone who lives in Europe, any one of the 28 countries in Europe, whether you're a citizen, a temporary resident alien, or even if you're passing through a European airport for 30 minutes. During that time, it applies to your personal data, potentially. Or if you're a business based in Europe and you're actively profiling or doing analytics on anyone anywhere in the world outside of Europe, then it would apply to their personal data too. And it applies to all of this personal data, wherever that data is in the world. So it doesn't mean only in an EU data center. Again, there's no residency uh, requirement in GDPR. It applies wherever in the world you're capturing, storing, and processing this data. And so for many companies in Europe, 
Uh, that's a challenge to get on top of what is personal data and whose data is it. And even more so for companies outside of Europe who haven't in the past had to look with that specificity and know exactly what data they have and where they're getting it from and what's the scope or the geo of the, uh, uh, the person's data. Uh, sorry, Richard, right? But so why can't they just say that it's a European past law that hits everybody around the globe? So whether I'm traveling with my smartphone to Singapore, or visiting relatives in Boston, it doesn't really matter because it's where the data started off from or because I'm an EU citizen, right? Uh, ideally, yes. Of course, the world isn't that simple. Uh, <laughs> it would be great if, it, if GDPR was the global data protection regulation. You know, certainly with all the breaches we've had over the last two years in the US, it'd be great if I had some control into, say, Equifax to see what data they have on me or even revoke their ability to use it. I don't have that in the US today. Um, for now, the reality is it's an EU-centric regulation, but again, applies to any company in the world who's doing anything with uh, personal data of anyone in or from Europe. So even if I am a company that's operating in Canada or Australia and some of my client base is sitting in Europe, I still have to comply with GDPR, correct? If you have employees in Europe or if you have customers in Europe, yes, simplistically. So if I move to Europe, if I move to Ireland to be near Ian there, um, I all of a sudden, because I'm there, it, it, companies need to think about me a little differently, wouldn't they? Yes. Okay. Now, you know, in the United States, one of the things, I mean, we're pretty, I think that, that you know, we, we're almost gotten used to um, credit card breaches as much as, as you hate that kind of thing. And so you mentioned Equifax. I'm thinking also more the the Cambridge Analytica stuff and uh, that went across on Facebook and I and, and realistically, most companies I don't think that that you know or most Americans really don't have a clue where their data is and I think it always surprises me to know that you know someone knows my voter registration or I will confess one time I got a traffic ticket and I don't even think I had you know I was traveling up to Washington D.C. I don't even think I was home before I had letters in my mailbox from four different attorneys. And so um, will GDPR change any of that for me in so, the U.S.? So probably not immediately in the U.S. There is a rising tide of um, citizen awareness in the U.S. We did a report with the Harris Poll just last month who showed that the majority of um, citizens in the U.S. are now expecting more insight into exactly what data do you have on me and what on earth are you doing with it? Uh, and we're trusting less organizations that don't give us that transparency. Uh, there's far fewer regulations around privacy and security that we can leverage ourselves personally uh, in the U.S., but we all need to step up and take more control and, and activate and use the rights we do have uh, to inquire, review, and challenge where organizations have uh, data. Um, it really comes as well from a different uh, cultural perspective. Uh, privacy and data privacy is very personal, a fundamental right in Europe, not quite the same in the US where your personal data is the product. You know, you are the product. You're getting often goods and services for free. There's an economic value that companies put on that, and we're behind the curve in being able to control our own data in the US so far. So all of this regulation, right, it's a global thing. We understand that. 
it, it seems really painful and when you put in regulations there's always a cost behind it but there has to be some type of a silver lining there somewhere Richard right there has to be some type of a I'm gathering or I'm storing this information in a certain way now maybe what can I do with this information or what it what what well besides keeping the data safe right what are the benefits that I can draw out of it as a okay so let's say I'm a bank or I'm a company that has a lot of customer sensitive information or customer records. As I store all this up for GDPR and I keep everything aligned as per GDPR guidelines, what can I do with this information now that I couldn't potentially do before? Yeah, it, it really is a great opportunity. We, Our point of view on GDPR is, yes, it's another regulatory burden with large financial teeth and penalties, but it really is a transformational opportunity, not just giving uh, the the person in Europe, the data subject to use GDPR terminology, you and me in Europe, more control and insight into our data and how it's used. But for any company, if you could get more control uh, and visibility of what personal data is in the business, why do you need all that information? Often going through a GDPR maturity process, you can rationalize and reduce the volume of data you have, which is economically of value to you and can improve the analytics you're trying to do on that data. If you can keep less data, but what you do keep is of more value, and you can do that with transparency and more trust with the people sharing that data to you, they're likely to develop more trust with you over time and even share more personal data with you that you can then use to tailor and personalize ever more goods and services to them. So, so I think what I'm hearing you say is that because you have to be more transparent, as a consequence of, of GDPR and, and in the process, you're, you know, you're probably cutting back data that you actually save because at some point you used to save everything and, and then yep. eventually maybe realize that you didn't have to. You know, in the end, we could come up with potentially more pointed uh, marketing, better sales prospecting, prospecting, improved customer service, faster support, all of that stuff, right? Absolutely, especially for marketing, that's uh, one immediate area of impact for GDPR. Um, we tend, or businesses tend to over-collect and over-retain information today because they don't quite know when it will be useful. And there's a, there's a dichotomy between any form of regulation, including GDPR, uh, and big data and analytics goals, which historically would take the view of I need to keep all the information forever because I never know quite when it will be of value to me. But the reality is we've seen that older information, uh, older information does get more stale and can erode or degrade the analytics we're trying to do on it. So having less but of more value is a key benefit. It's a fundamental piece of trusted value data as you move up the AI ladder chain. And again, for marketing, so much of the digital marketing that occurs today is a scattergun approach with very tiny hit rates or return rates because we're trying to get everybody. Uh, if with GDPR you can get more focused and you're focusing far more on a, a smaller set, yes, but of more trusted, uh, valued, and engaged customers or prospects, then that's more worthwhile uh, for your marketing uh, money. So let's talk about... <laughs> we always bring it back here because we kind of get sidetracked usually on the topic, but let's bring it back a little bit to IBM, Richard. What are we doing in this space? So let's let's talk around, right, we're helping clients to make GDPR and the path a lot easier, but what are these extra things that we're doing on top that you're seeing, the significant things? What are we doing maybe around customer care or you talked around AI capabilities? Sure. 
So uh, we started our GDPR journey nearly three years ago. We did our own risk privacy impact assessment, which is the first step in the journey as everyone should go through. And we determined we couldn't slice and dice or ring fence the business just to EU employees, EU customers or goods and services in Europe. So we chose to do it as a global program. And it's one of the world's largest. We're one of the world's largest processors and controllers of information. So we've been going through and we've been drinking our own champagne using the same services and solutions as we engage with clients on their GDPR readiness journey, standing up and consuming internally for our own journey. So it's almost 400,000 employees, 47 distinct business units operating in over 200 countries. So it's a lot of organizational change and complexity that we've worked through with our own readiness journey. And we've seen the value of adding in machine learning as accelerators in every stage of that process. And the process summarily is the five-step methodology we developed and share and use with clients. You can find our five-step methodology for GDPR readiness on the IBM GDPR website, ibm.com slash GDPR, and you can see the common steps. We've added in there machine learning to expedite what you can do with the resources you have today in the ever-shrinking timelines available to be able to discover personal data in your business, to be able to classify it, manage it against processing activities, start to do consent management and uh, be able to respond to data subject access requests. Certainly internally, it's helped us rationalize and get to a single marketing ID that we use now across all of IBM. Previously, we had many, many different marketing IDs that we used in all forms of uh, direct and indirect marketing with current customers, partners, and prospects. Now we've streamlined that across all of IBM. Great savings and benefits there to us. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that that anybody that that listens to this episode will understand the value to having a single source of truth for anything, especially uh, you know a client's data. I think we've all been sent to. PowerPoints that we look at and then we see, oh, it's from 2016. How did I get here and how do I find a current one? Because yeah. uh, it's a real challenge. And, and, and certainly the same is true if you're operating on, you know, dated client information. Yeah. Kind of getting, questions. Go ahead. Getting to what we call master data management, you know, the especially you need a, a strong a control and ability on that if you're going to respond to these data subject access requests from May 25th, anyone in Europe can file a right to inquire. What information do you have on me? A right to correct. Some of this information is wrong. We need to fix it. A right to erasure. If we no longer have a business relationship, GDPR enforces data minimization. You cannot keep my data anymore. You have to delete all of it. And data portability. Give me all the information you have on me in a structured electronic reusable form that I may use to take my business elsewhere. Getting a handle on not just what is the personal data in my business, but where is Steve or Ian's data is a real challenge for businesses today that master data management can close that gap. I think that's really important. And in fact, one question I've been wanting to ask almost since the start here, but I, I just wanted to place it in context, dealt with something I mentioned a little bit earlier with Cambridge Analytica. And, you know, realistically, I think if I were out on Facebook and all of a sudden I were to put in my status that my back hurts, I can watch all the advertisements to the right change and know that Facebook has just sold my information to, you know, chiropractors in Singapore and in Kenya and, you know, Antarctica. 
I mean, is is a company like Facebook now? Do do I'm assuming they have to comply with GDPR, but does this pretty much put them out of business in Europe because selling my information is their business? So we're, we're all on an interesting journey, and uh, it was interesting to have Facebook in front of Congress last month <laughs> and seeing yeah. the uh, the discussions there. Facebook and Cambridge Analytica are not the only companies who live and die by getting hold of and putting value and trading your and my information. Certainly within Europe, G uh, Facebook and other organizations, social media and, and analytics organizations will need to meet and comply with GDPR. That, so that gives us far more control in Europe, being able to see, change and even revoke what customers, uh, what businesses have on me, the, the, the customer. Uh, we don't have quite have that same reach and scope you know, GDPR only applies if you're uh, in Europe or processing from Europe. So uh, if you're just in the U.S., you don't have that same control and insight on your data. But we again, we see publicly through surveys that the uh, the the groundswell is building. We may not get to near term regulatory improvements in the U.S. in the meantime, but we do see the groundswell of interest that we need to take more control of information. And Facebook, for example, not to drill onto them, because there's multiple large social media companies with large uh, swathes of information, personal data on us. They have added for all global uh, users, you can go into these sites now, these services, and look up and see far more of the information they have on you. And you do have far more control today than you had even a month ago to control exactly what is shared uh, with your discoverable profile, what is shared with um, third-party um, uh, businesses uh, and marketing resellers as well. So there is some incremental control we can all start to leverage today, wherever we are. So Richard, you and I are friends, okay? And the both of us are running late for a meeting somewhere. And I'm a C-level executive in a company who doesn't really know very much about GDPR. If you were to give me advice on maybe three things, you said, Ian, here's three things that you need to do you have 20 seconds, what would they be? So are you a legal entity in Europe? Do you have employees in Europe? Or do you have customers in Europe? GDPR likely applies to all of the personal data. Uh, from May 25th, the regulators will expect you to know what that personal data is, where is it, and you've got a legal basis for processing it, and you can respond to the new data subject rights of anyone in Europe. You can find more info on our framework of how to do that and what IBM is doing itself in its own program, which is repeatable. You don't need to boil the ocean and reinvent the wheel. Just go to ibm.com slash GDPR. And the, the 25th, right? If I really haven't done anything and it's past the 25th by the time I'm listening to this, am I too late or is it there's always time? It's at the end of the world. No. So <laughs> the regulation went into place two years ago in 2016, and we've been in a transitory readiness period. Um, some uh, organizations, even based in Europe, have taken the view of, well, this isn't really gonna be enforced, is it? They're not gonna penalize anybody. We're gonna get a, a waiver. We're already in the waiver period, and it ends again in about 10 days time. The regulators in multiple European countries, like the ICO in the UK and Ireland, have been staffing up, almost doubling their staff ready from May 25th to start enforcing this regulation. So we'll start to see activity, we believe, uh, very quickly. But if you are just realizing, and I get calls from 
C-level executives still every week outside of Europe this year who have just realized it applies to some or all of the business. What do we do? Where on earth do we start? Uh, you start with a privacy risk impact assessment. You can do that very quickly. Again, this is step one in the five-step methodology. You can find on ibm.com slash GDPR. Get an inventory of your personal data so you can respond to Article 30 and at least start to put a program plan in action. That will be the minimal bar that any regulator will want to see, not that you've actually done nothing at all. So you heard it there, guys. As Richard says, it's not too late if you haven't done anything now you're up to speed thanks to richard and yes richard for myself and steve thanks Emil, for coming on the show it was very informative and anyone that's outside europe i hope you're listening because it does affect you guys too and that's that's pretty much what my takeaway was from this it was like well okay it's where my data is being processed but richard thanks for being on the show today it was really informative and um, guys myself and steve thanks for joining in see you next time at the ibm cloud podcast